book five chapter seven through twelve of of the love of god by saint francis de sales translated by h l sidney lear this librivox recording is in the public domain book five the two chief acts of divine love which are complacency and benevolence chapter seven the desire to exalt and magnify the lord draws us from inferior pleasures and fixes our mind on his divine passion thus the love of benevolence leads us to desire an ever-increasing delight in god's goodness and with a view to this increase the soul sedulously weans itself from all other pleasures the more entirely to give itself to god a religious once asked the devout brother giles one of the first and holiest associates of saint francis how he could best please god to which the brother replied by chanting one to one one to one and when called to explain he said always give your soul which is one to god alone who is one the soul is frittered away by pleasure and the succession of worldly pleasures dissipates and hinders it from seriously heeding that which it is bound to take in god a true lover scarce finds any delight save in the object of his love thus st paul counted all things but dung when compared with christ philippians chapter three verse eight and the bride has no thought save for her beloved he is mine and i am his canticle chapter two verse sixteen the soul that loves thus would not willingly linger even among angels save in so far as they could promote its love saw ye him whom my soul loveth when magdalen met the angels at the sepulchre and they would have comforted her she had no words for them save they have taken away my lord and i know not where they have laid him john chapter twenty verse thirteen and when turning she beheld as she thought the gardener she was not satisfied flowers could not comfort her she had thorns within her heart she sought the crucified tell me where hast thou laid him and i will take him away and then as soon as he called her by her name her soul melted away for joy and she could only cry out master not angels not the lord himself until she recognized the familiar form which had won her love could satisfy her the kings of the east did not pause to admire the beauty of jerusalem or to gaze upon their leading star they hurried on till they reached the babe of bethlehem and the mother of fair love and the spouse of holy love could not linger amid kinsfolk and acquaintances but went in sorrow seeking the only object of their love the craving to increase holy pleasure turns from all else the more earnestly to exercise that to which god's benevolence calls it 
and the better to magnify this sovereign lover the soul is ever seeking his face studying its endless beauties and the countless motives for an ever-increasing delight therein thus david perpetually rehearses the marvellous works of the lord and the bride tells out the perfections of her beloved one by one stimulating her soul to the highest enjoyment of them praising his holy name and bringing all else into captivity to him who is above all things chapter eight how the love of holy benevolence tends to the praise of the dear lord honor lies in him who offers it not him who receives it do we not often honor those who are altogether unconscious of the fact those who do not even know of our existence and after the manner of human thought and parlance we hold that we confer a benefit on one whom we honor especially if we bestow the meed of praise upon him and we speak of a man rich in honor glory reputation and praise although all these be wholly without their recipient who may receive no advantage whatever from them as st augustine is reputed to have said alas poor aristotle praised where thou art not burnt where thou art i would ask what benefits caesar or alexander the great derive from all the worthless praise which has been lavished on them god whose goodness surpasses all praise and honor can receive no addition or advantage from the homage we render him he is not richer greater or more blessed in consequence for all these depend solely upon the divine infiniteness of his goodness yet inasmuch as according to our ordinary apprehension honor is looked upon as a token of the good will we bear to others and so far from implying any lack on their part by it we rather express our belief in their abundant excellence thereby so we exercise this manner of benevolence towards god who not merely accepts it at our hands but so entirely demands it as suitable to our relative position and a testimony of the venerating love we bear him that he has even commanded us to offer him honour and glory so then the soul which delights in god's boundless perfection while conscious that it can in no wise add to or desire the increase of his goodness which is greater than anything we can conceive yet asks that his holy name may be blessed exalted praised and adored ever more and more therefore as a bee it hovers from the flower of one good work to another gathering up all manner of holy affections and producing thereout the divine honey of blessing and praise wherewith to magnify the name of the beloved emulating the royal psalmist who offered his mystic outpourings of praise and thanksgiving upon the altar of his heart and this thirst for the praise of god 
is insatiable because the soul which experiences it craves for infinite outpouring realizing as it does that his perfection is more than infinite and feeling incapable of satisfying that craving it bursts forth in all manner of fervent efforts which wax yet warmer through the love of complacence since the more the soul tastes of the sweetness of god's beauty the more it longs worthily to praise and glorify him and with worthier praise the soul's love grows stronger and so in mutual reaction love and praise ever wax more and more powerful to the end even so it is pliny tells us with the nightingales who during some fortnight cease not to warble striving each to surpass the other and when their song is sweetest they are yet keener to excel making such intense efforts thereto that sometimes they die of the very excess worthy forsooth of the name philomel dying thus of love and of song oh yes and truly the heart which pants to praise god knows a mightily sweet anguish and a piercingly sharp sweetness when at best it falls so short nightingale-like it would fain ever raise its voice in sweeter melody to laud its beloved one the louder its praise the greater its delight therein it knows no grief save its own shortcomings and at last its very efforts exhaust it as we find saint francis bursting into tears and falling down in the passionate outpouring of his love of god like a nightingale that bursts its heart in the attempt to sing a louder even louder song of praise that most loving of all saints used to liken his religious to sicali because they were wont to praise god through the night the sicala's breast is full of pipes like a natural organ and that they may sing the better they live only upon dew imbibing even that not by their mouth but by a kind of trunk issuing from their body whence proceeds their loud sonorous chirp and in the loving soul in like manner every faculty is but as a pipe wherewith to chant the praise of the beloved and its devotion is as the tongue of its heart st bernard says by which it gathers up the dew of heavenly perfection and with the same it pours forth all manner of praise and blessing even as the sweetest of all songsters exclaims praise the lord o my soul and all that is within me praise his holy name psalm 103 verse 1 i will always give thanks unto the lord his praise shall ever be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the lord the humble shall hear thereof and be glad psalm 34 verse 12 chapter 9 the love of benevolence makes us call upon all creation to join in praising god 
the heart which swells with longing to praise god beyond its own power goes forth to summon all nature to join o praise the lord with me even as the three children in the fiery furnace and david who in his eagerness calls upon all things in heaven and earth in reckless confusion to swell his song of praise angels and dragons fire and hail snow and vapors wind and storm mountains and hills trees and cattle worms and feathered fowl psalm one hundred forty eight and he winds up his many psalms of praise with the final burst let everything that hath breath praise the lord and thus st francis invoked the sun and all creation to join the praise he could never sufficiently express for his soul's sweet saviour and the bride fainting amid the fervour of her praise exclaims he brought me to his banqueting house and his banner over me was love i am so steeped in the delights of his beauty that i am sick of love wounded with the shaft of desire to praise him more and more i charge you stay me with flagons comfort me with apples canticle chapter two the love of complacency attracts their sweetnesses into the soul until it well-nigh reels but the love of benevolence calls forth from out the soul such an outpouring of praise that it is constrained to call upon all creation to contribute the flowers of blessing the fruits of thanksgiving and adoration so that from all sides the sweet savour of worship may rise up to him who is above all honour and praise whom we can never worthily exalt it is this divine passion of love which has led the saviours the antonies the crowds of priests and religious who have gone forth into heathen lands to india to japan in order that the holy name of jesus might be worshipped there it is this divine passion which has built so many noble churches founded so many good works written so many devout books and caused so many holy servants of god to labor through life until death amid the consuming flames of their exceeding zeal and devotion chapter ten the desire to praise god makes us long after heaven when the loving soul realizes that it can never satisfy its craving after the praise of god amid this world's infirmities but that only in heaven can that praise be perfected it cries out in emulation of the blessed who stand before the throne and join in one never-ending multiform concentrated alleluia a voice loud as of a great thunder and of many waters yet soft as of harpers harping with their harps crying out amen alleluia a voice coming out of the throne saying praise our god all ye his servants and ye that fear him both great and small 
to which the voice of a great multitude answers alleluia for the lord god omnipotent reigneth revelation chapter nineteen and what is that lovely voice proceeding from the throne speaking alleluias to the elect save that most holy complacence which entering into the blessed fills them with the sweetness of divine perfection whence springs loving benevolence the living font of praise thus complacence teaches god's wonders to those blessed ones and benevolence moves them to pour out the incense of praise before the throne and therefore they sing eternal alleluia which is praise the lord complacence comes from the throne into the heart and benevolence goes from the heart to the throne blessed indeed is that temple where all is praise blessed they who live for ever amid that nightingale song of heavenly sweetness and praise so it is that the heart which can neither hear nor sing god's praises as it fain would do here below is irresistibly drawn from this life's bondage to that other life where praise is perfected and this longing sometimes grows so urgent in him who loves that overruling all other passions it makes whatever is of this life wearisome until the soul faints and fails for very love and there have been cases where god has even permitted his saints to die from the very excess of love thus the seraphic saint francis after long years of intense desire to praise god worthily having been assured by special revelation of his eternal salvation could not contain his joy but was day by day consumed by it as though his life and soul were melted like incense in the flame of his ardent longing to see and praise his god and at the last his soul was parted from the body as it were by an outburst of yearning towards heaven for he died crying out the inspired words bring my soul out of prison that i may give thanks unto thy name which thing if thou wilt grant me then shall the righteous resort unto my company psalm 142 verse 9 like a nightingale shut up in the cage of his body wherein he could not worthily sing the praises of his eternal love longing to sing his perfected song in the blessed company of like minstrels amid the fair beauty of the land that is very far off crying out o lord of my life of thy grace set me free from this earthly prison that i may take flight there where those i love await me to join in their chorus of gladness there joining my song to theirs i will forever sing thy most sweet praise like the peroration of a great orator the saint summed up all his desires and longings in this last utterance and so fervently did he breathe it that while doing so he passed away 
how blessed a death to die dying of love chapter eleven we share in the praises rendered to god by our redeemer and his mother thus we go on from step to step in this holy act of worship from the inanimate to the animate things of creation from the church militant to the church triumphant wherein from saints and angels we go on to the blessed virgin who praises and magnifies the lord more sweetly and perfectly than all besides two years ago i was at milan with some other clergy attracted there by memories of the great archbishop st charles borromeo and we heard beautiful music in many churches but there was one monastery where we heard a nun's voice so incomparably sweet that it enchanted us more than all the rest put together which seemed however good fit merely as a background to that exquisite music even so amid all human and angelic choirs we hear our lady sing magnificat with a fuller note of praise than any other of god's creatures let me hear thy voice for sweet is thy voice and thy countenance is comely canticle chapter two verse fourteen but even the praises of the mother of fair love and of all the rest of creation however lovely and excellent fall so infinitely short of what god's goodness deserves as to be utterly disproportionate thereto so that although they are an expression of the urgent love of benevolence which the soul feels for its beloved they cannot satisfy it therefore it must needs go yet a step further and call upon the saviour to praise and glorify the eternal father with all the blessings of his divine sonship and here indeed the mind is hushed in adoring stillness and can no further go the son adoring the father he who is fairer than the children of men whose lips are full of grace because god has blessed him for evermore psalm fourteen verse three all praise is perfume but he is as ointment poured forth canticle chapter one verse three the eternal father accepts the praise of all others as sweetness but of his son he says with jacob see the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which i have blessed genesis chapter twenty seven verse twenty seven yea verily all the praises which the church militant or triumphant offer are but human or angelic offered to the creator they yet come of the creature but the praises of the son are divine inasmuch as he is very god divine in their source divine in their end infinite all perfect were one who had listened to the chorus of songsters amid the woods however sweet suddenly to hear the full rich melody of the nightingale surely he would not hesitate to prefer that one song to all the rest combined 
and so from the various praises offered up by all creation to their god we turn to the praise of the son of god as far beyond all that heart of man could conceive and are overwhelmed by the sweetness of its melody the voice of my beloved compared with which all other voices are as naught he cometh leaping upon the mountains skipping upon the hills he is like a roe or a young heart he standeth behind our wall that is our humanity he looketh forth at the windows showing himself through the lattice that is through the wounds of his hands and feet and pierced side canticle chapter two verses eight and nine yea verily divine love sitting in the saviour's heart as on a royal throne looks through his wounded side upon the hearts of the children of men for he is the king of hearts and beholds all hearts but even as they who look through a lattice see while they themselves are scarce perceived so the divine love of this heart or rather the heart of this divine love beholds ours plainly while we but faintly perceive him and truly did we see him as he is we should die of love for him even as he in his mortal life died for us and would die yet for very love were he not immortal hearken to that divine heart singing its ineffable song of praise what would not we do even to hear it and he urges us in his love rise up my love my fair one and come away canticle chapter two verse ten come to that land where all is joy and blessing and praise the flowers appear on the earth the time of the singing of birds is come and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land arise my love my fair one and come away and that thou mayest behold me the better look at me through the clefts of the rock the pierced side the secret places of the stairs where the framework of my body was rudely rent asunder on the cross let me see thy countenance now i see it without thy aid then i shall see it of thine own will let me hear thy voice let it blend with mine and so thy voice shall be sweet and thy countenance comely never surely was such sweetness to the heart of man as when our voices united and blended with that of the saviour shall take part in the boundless harmony of praise offered by the beloved son to the eternal father chapter twelve god's sovereign praise of himself in which we share through the love of benevolence all the earthly acts of our saviour are infinite in merit and worth inasmuch as he who performed them is one god with the father and the holy spirit but yet all are not of infinite nature or essence just as when in a room we do not receive light according to the vastness of the sun's brightness 
but according to the size of the window through which that light penetrates so the human actions of the saviour are not infinite though of infinite worth because though performed by a divine person he did them not in the infinite greatness of his divinity but in the finite greatness of his humanity so that while the earthly actions of our dear lord are infinite as compared with ours they are finite as compared with the essential infinitude of the divinity they possess infinite value worth and dignity in that they proceed from one who is god but they are of finite essence and nature because god does them in his finite and human nature and substance thus the praise offered by our saviour as man is not absolutely infinite and cannot wholly correspond to the infinite greatness of the divinity to whom it is offered and therefore after our first burst of admiration for such glorious praise as that rendered by the son to the father we cannot fail to perceive that the godhead is worthy of a yet higher praise than can be offered by all creation or even by the humanity of the eternal son if one should praise the sun because of its brightness the higher he rose towards it the more praiseworthy it would seem as he grew more conscious of its splendour if as we suppose it is the beauty of that light which moves the lark to song no wonder that the higher she rises the more powerful her song until at last fairly spent with song she lowers both voice and flight and so in proportion as we mount up towards god by the love of benevolence to hear and sing his praise so do we realize how beyond all praise he is until at length we discover that none save himself alone can worthily praise him then indeed we cry out glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy ghost and that it may be clear that thereby we do not offer the glory of mere earthly praise to god but that eternal and essential glory which he possesses in by and of himself we add as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen as though we said may god be ever glorified with that glory which he had before all creation in his infinite eternity and eternal infinity and therefore it is that we add this doxology to all our psalms and canticles according to the ancient usage of the eastern church a usage which saint jerome besought the pope damasus to establish in the west in testimony that all human and angelic praise is too poor worthily to sing god's goodness which can only be thus worthily sung by means of his own glory and praise great the joy and delight of the loving soul to find its craving satisfied 
and its beloved setting forth his own praise but even thence springs a fresh need to praise and thank god for thus glorifying himself so that the circle of perpetual love and praise and glory is never ending and whereas the loving soul began with a craving worthily to magnify the lord it ends by rejoicing in that boundless merit which can receive no worthy praise save in itself and having attained this point the rapt soul can only adore in silence like the seraphim of the prophet who veiled their faces and their feet in acknowledgment that they could neither contemplate nor serve god worthily their feet being symbolical of service nevertheless they had wings wherewith to fly by the continual movement of complacence and benevolence and their love finds rest in this sweet unrest man's heart is never so uneasy as when its continual enlargement and contraction is hindered never so easy as when its action is free so that one may say truly that its rest is in movement and even so with the love of seraphim and seraphic men which finds rest in the continual movements of complacent love whereby it draws god into itself and those of benevolence whereby it goes forth wholly to god this love fain would behold the marvellous goodness of god but it folds the wings of that desire over its face in confession that it cannot succeed fain too would it offer him some worthy service but again it covers the longing with wings confessing itself powerless and then naught remains to it save the two wings of complacence and benevolence wherewith it takes flight and finds its rest with god end of book five chapter twelve